Well, hey there, travelers. Welcome to another episode of Along the Darkened Road with Ricky Glore. Ricky is a writer, comedian, and filmmaker. His horror film, All Your Friends Are Dead, is set to come out by 2022's end. While he's catching some window time, I get to pick his brain about horror movies with questions like this. With the success of TV shows like American Horror Stories and The Haunting of Hill House, is TV the next step in the horror genre? I am here with Billy DeVore, fellow comedian. Hello! Hi! Hello. Hi! Billy, what is your, before we get into the question, what is your favorite horror movie of all time? Oh, boo. So I didn't, so now we can, I, I think it is Alien. Yeah, I, I think it's a conversation my friends and I, um, Eric Hunter, produced a podcast that I had numerous times of subgenres. Okay. I think horror is the genre. I think thriller and sus- thriller is a genre. I think underneath horror, suspense is a genre. Under like, there's so many people that it's like, well, Psycho's not a horror movie. Like, well, it's definitely a horror movie. Yeah, it is. I think anything that is aimed to like make you feel something of anxiety. Yeah. So I think Panic Room for me technically falls under being a horror movie. Gotcha. But it sounds like you saw Alien before Panic Room. I did. Yeah. So, what is so? Aliens, your favorite? Yeah. Mine's Elm Street, all day, every day. Um, the question of with the advent of streaming and television, uh, yeah. So, like Midnight Mass or The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, or any streaming horror, or even American Horror Story on and FX. That's not, that's not basic cable. Is it? Yeah, FX is basic cable. Is it basic? Yeah. Because I guess they, they don't offer just like the four regular of like no. NBC, ABC, CBS anymore. Right. Okay. Well, it would just be over like an antenna or your digital antenna, whatever. The difference, so it's the question of uh, is that going to be the new way we see horror is streaming or television? With streaming, you can do whatever. Exactly. That's where it's so different. It's like, yeah, you can uh, you can stream and there's no real reg- regulations on it. Right. And, like, you know, like, and then with TV, like, cable or network TV, like, when they did the two seasons of Scream Queens. Yeah. Like, they had, you know, they had rules they had to follow. Right. Well, and if you go back, the Dan Curtis um, TV horror movie, like, some great TV horror movies of the 70s and 80s, they're just as iconic as, like, Halloween and stuff. Yeah. There's one called Trilogy of Terror. Okay. Where, um... A big writer of Outer Limits, Twilight Zone, and these Dan Curtis uh, TV horror movies is uh, Owen Richard Matheson. Yeah. He wrote I Am Legend. Yeah. And then, which became, it was done many a times, Last Man on Earth, Omega Man, um, a lot of adaptations. He also wrote What Dreams May Come, or my favorite porn version, Wet Dreams May Come. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he uh, wrote Trilogy. Uh, either one or two of the installments it's an anthology trilogy of terror yeah and if you don't know it it's the little um, tiki doll okay that like an African little tiki doll that comes to life and it's like killing a woman in the house nice you have you ever seen that no okay it's pretty good but it's anthology that's one of the stories in it Salem's Lot Stephen King was originally a TV miniseries interesting yeah so there's a lot of great so, like, The Stand was also a miniseries. Exactly. Wasn't that on HBO, though, so they could do whatever they wanted? Was it? One of them I thought was on NBC. Or CBS? Yeah, CBS. CBS. Yeah. Um, the Stand, or what was the, the Langoliers? 
got me beat there, bud. That's a, a Stephen King miniseries. Oh, it. Yeah, it was a miniseries on ABC. It, it has to be the, probably the most famous horror television. Yeah. And that's pretty gruesome. It's pretty scary. It's pretty amazing they got away with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. Would you get away with what they did in that now? On streaming for sure, but not yeah, on like. I don't know. If maybe I don't know. Like Scream Queens was pretty. And that was done ton of, tongue in cheek, though, right? Yeah, but they're still scary. The parts. Scary? Were you scary? It was really scary. Jamie Lee Curtis scares me. Mm, those Ariana scares me. Jamie Lee Curtis is stinky, not scary. Well, and also Little Miss Sunshine. Oh yeah, Abigail Breslin. She's yeah. great. That dude. That the first season of that show was fantastic. I've not seen it. It's great. John Stamos on it too, right? Yeah, he's a he's a little thirst trap. Oh, uh, but but Alicia like like was like, hey, you should watch this with me. I'm like, whatever. It's like about a sorority, and then it's like, oh, this is super funny and scary. Ryan Murphy is good. I mean, there's uh, Nip Tuck, his first show or one of his first shows. Has uh, I think it's season two and it tops out, or maybe it's season three. They have a serial killer called the Carver. Yeah. Who's going around uh, carving up and fucking with people that the two surgeons have worked on, the two plastic surgeons, and it is terrifying. But I've then never, after that, I've never watched Nip Tuck. I think you, I think you dig it. It's pretty good. I'll check it out. The hero, I mean the 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 protagonists. Yeah. Or the leads are dirtbags. Of like, course. It's great. Um, the first episode starts off with Christian Troy, who's the lead dirtbag, uh, picking up this girl who's a model, and then he gets her back to his place, and they're boning. It's pretty graphic for FX. He's banging her from behind. He does a line of coke off her ass. That's awesome. Yeah. And so after they're done banging, uh, they're sitting there all pillow talking. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you do... You do cosmetic surgery and liposuction and all this. And she's like, but I'm a model. And like, what would you, if you could, what would you do on me? And she's asking it to be like, nothing, nothing. baby. You're perfect. Yeah, right. And he's like, you want to know? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, stand up. And he's like, give me your purse. And she's like, what? And they stand in front of this mirror in the hotel room. And he takes out of her purse her lipstick. And he starts drawing on her. Whoa. All of the areas he would touch up. Wow, that's awesome. By the awesome. end of it, she's all covered, like, lipstick marks on her, her eyes, from her bags, and he starts pointing out all the stuff. It's like, you got all fat right here, and blah, blah, blah. Jesus. It's like, you're never going to get on the cover of Cosmopolitan with these love handles here. And it's like, she's beautiful. Right. And, like, no fat. Like, but... He's just a dirtbag. Yeah, even that, it's like, that's fucking sociopathic. Like, sure. It's amazing. But, yeah, so, okay, do you think... I think we can eliminate... Well, even though you just mentioned an advent of boom of horror on even basic television... Sure. I don't think that's going to take over. Do you think streaming? I think with streaming, especially with, like, uh, with, uh, you know, with so many movies during the pandemic going... Uh, I say that jokingly. <laughs> you're, you're like, please don't anyone believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, with Halloween Kills going on Peacock and, yeah. like, all of these movies being available, we'll see how much that changes after the Warner Brothers lawsuit and what's going on with yeah. that and then what Disney Plus did with Black Widow. Like, so, um, you know, you're going to see more of that stuff, uh, more, you know, big-budget movies doing 
the streaming stuff. So I think it's kind of a mix of both. You know, you can still get your experience in the movie theater, go get your popcorn, go get scared, watch a dog get murdered with an axe. Nothing is better than being in a room full of people for either a comedy or a horror movie. Oh, uh, could the same For the same reasons. Yep. Yep. So, like, that, the, for those reasons alone, yeah. So I don't think... I don't think that it'll take over per se, but I think you're just going to continue to get a blending of the both. And there's also the fact that, like, you know, you've got American Horror Story, and like you said, with Midnight Mass, like, with these, the idea of stretching out making series. Yeah. That's just, those are also two different things. Yeah, it's, I, I think the, the, the stuff that Mike Flanagan brilliantly has done with The Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor, um, what he's going to do with Midnight Club, what he's done with Midnight Mass. I think those are the closest, and it's why Stephen King works so well as miniseries. Yeah. Those feel like you're watching a book. Yeah, Because of how in-depth they're going into the characters, how in-depth they're going into the history, how in-depth they're going into the town. Like, the towns are always the characters in those, like, miniseries. Or yeah. the house in the, in the haunting of the hill house. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I... There are so like the uh, another Mike Flanagan property, which was not on streaming, so this deviates a little bit from the question. Was Doctor Sleep adaptation yeah. of Stephen King? Well, in the theater, I think it's two and a half hours. When they released it on HBO Max and they released it on DVD, so HBO Max is how I saw it. And I'm the first to say, and I know this is here heresy. I don't care for The Shining. It's so good. I know, like I think Jack Nicholson is phenomenal in it. I need to rewatch it. I, it's on HBO Max. You and I have talked about this. I'm not a Kubrick fan. I am. You're wrong. <laughs> and I'm, again, I'm not saying like anyone who loves it. Like clearly, he's brilliant. Right. And there's other people that think differently. I'm not like, no, no, you're wrong. I must be right. But Doctor Sleep, I loved. And it was the director's cut, which is, I think, about three hours long. And I know this is said about Zack Snyder. That's like, you can tell a really good story if you just give him a lot of time. I yeah. disagree right. with Zack Snyder's. Um, with Mike Flanagan, I think that's true. And that may be... We may see the death of horror... Like those miniseries and stuff um, on regular television. Yeah. But I think streaming is going to is going to thrive hard. I'm not. Even I do to too. Limit. We just saw a cop along the the long dark road. Yes. Um, I'm interested to see. I know streaming buys like Shutter is all horror. Right. And they make original movies for yeah, their sure. platform. Right. Um, I think we're going to see the death of straight to DVD horror. Oh, uh, like VOD horror? Yeah. yeah. And I think it's going to be these platforms and Netflix and Amazon Prime buying stuff to have this schlock catalog. Of, sure. Uh, almost like stuff they do on Sci-Fi Network. Right. But I don't think... I think horror is so much like word of mouth, too. And I know we're losing that with streaming. We're losing that water cooler where everyone's talking about the same thing. Right. I don't think you're losing it. I don't think you're losing it. I think it's transitioning Mm. to, you know, Twitter and Instagram. What? To Caitlin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's... But then my counteract with that is people's social media is a bubble. It can be. 
So it depends, I don't know. It all depends. Like you know, you know, you're always two people away from someone with a blue check mark that can help you. Well, my blue, my blue, my blue check mark. My bubble is already being exposed to hearing about all the new and interesting horror, sure, and horror and stuff. Um, I mean, the movie All Your Friends Are Dead. Mike Flanagan gave our movie five hundred dollars. That's so awesome. Because he saw it on Twitter, like, and he wrote me and said. If it wasn't for a crowdfunding, I wouldn't have been able to make my first feature. That's so awesome. And Todd Farmer, who's written a bunch of horror movies and wrote Jason X yeah. from Kentucky, shared the campaign on Facebook and got a, a Blu-ray. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's the horror community is so supportive. I I think we could really get into some interesting horror avenues that maybe mainstream theatricals wouldn't do sure and maybe that will happen on streaming right I think that you're right on target with that and that makes sense but I don't you know it's all going to benefit together no matter what and I you know it'll just be interesting to see what happens but I I just don't I think they all prop up each other yeah so well and I wonder how many people watch American Horror Story the night that it airs like 1984 with all about slasher movies I didn't watch that when it aired, I watched it on Amazon or Hulu. Oh yeah. Like months later. Sure. After it was all done, because I'm like, now I can sit and watch the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Or if I don't care for it, I can just give up. Right. I don't have to be like, well, I'll watch another. I'll watch another. I'm like, no, nah, right. fuck this. Mm-hmm. Um. How many people watch it like when it goes, or do they wait for it to be done to, sure. to, to binge it all at once? Man, that's a tough one, because, like, uh, so Alicia and I, my wife, my wife, we uh, watched the whole first season of Righteous Gemstones, and then now so we're good. caught up. Did you guys like it from the jump? No, uh, we talk about Righteous Gemstones. Did you like it from the jump, or did it take you a few episodes? Uh, with season one, right from the jump, she, Alicia was like, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah. Season two, the first episode, I was like, ah, this has changed a little bit. Oh. You know? And I felt like the characters reverted a little bit back to the mold, their old selves after not after learning the lessons from the first. Because season. they had to take away their unification of them coming together. Correct. Yeah, that is classic. Like Game of Thrones did that so much, where they would lead towards. I mean, a lot of series do this because they have to reset, and that's why there's usually a cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, they have this big bad thing. They all have to come together for at the end. And then they defeat it, and it's like, oh, great, we all came together for that, and it was this big thing that happened. But then, the beginning of the next season, yeah. you're like, fuck, okay, now what do we do? We have to reset all of this. Right. We have to come up with a new big bad thing. We, The characters can't have learned too much or be too evolved. Right. Or else, then we don't have a show. We don't yeah. have another season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is what American Horror Story does. Smart. It's that it's anthology series. Yep. Yeah. But I have, except for maybe the first season, there isn't a season that I have liked from beginning to end. Freak Show is close, but all of them start off really good. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, we don't have any more stories. Yep, and we're done. Yeah, like, so we're going to have to stretch this out. Or season two, which was bonkers bad shit. Amazing. 
which I'm not saying amazing because I liked it. It's because of how much stuff they turned up in. Yeah. Into it. It's called Asylum. There I've are, seen bits. I've seen some episodes of that season. There is Satanism. Yeah. There is exorcism. Yeah. There is a murderous Santa Claus. There are aliens. There are freaks. Like there are serial. Like it is. There's Nazis. Of course. It is bonkers. And that was just second season. And then it's like, oh shit, we used too many rounds in the clip. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then they like smart in a smart way, which I don't know if they were planning on it or it just became a, a, a character. They like the pinhead girl who's in the asylum in two. They show her before she got into the asylum when she was part of the freak show. Ah. In the next season, which was pretty smart. But then they simplified it. They're like, all right, freak show. It's a it's a traveling circus. Like this is all this is. Well, I say that, but then they also twisted the clown. Even though he seems like part of a, a, a circus thing. Yeah. He was a serial killer. Huh. So, yeah. I think our answer is... No. No. It's not going to be the end to the, to the theatrical. No. Um, will we watch more things? Will more people start watching things on streaming? Because they'll stop... Is the movie theater going to die? I don't think movie no. theater is going to die, but I think people have realized how easy it is. Like, I love going to the theater, because when I'm at home, I can get distracted. Yep, I can pull I, out I can my press phone, pause. Yeah. and you can, you can go take a dump, you can go eat whatever you want out of your fridge. Well, you know. from your dump. Yeah, from your dump. You're real pro, so. Right. Yeah, so I like being submerged into, like, the experience of, like, having to watch it from start to finish. Well, what do you think, travelers? I'm sure Ricky would like you to connect with him on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, at Ricky Glore. Until then, <laughs> stay scared. <laughs>